What's up, everybody? This is Jeffrey Lofton, otherwise known as Who Is That Again? And I am excited to welcome you to another episode of the Broke Millennial Podcast. Let's go. Did y'all enjoy last week? I just love seeing people win. And you know what? I'm going to just go ahead and help somebody real quick. Be okay with people winning. Okay? Then winning doesn't mean you losing. So stop hating. Because when it comes time to celebrate your win, we're going to be screaming and hollering for you too. Okay? Might even have you on the podcast. There's enough out here for everybody. Anyway, if you haven't listened to last week's podcast, after you finish this one, go back and listen to last week, okay? I promise you, it's going to add so much value to your life. And of course, follow us on social media at Broke Meal Pod on Instagram and Twitter. So today I want to talk about something that can be a bit overwhelming, and that's opportunities. And if I had a statement that really kind of encompassed what I plan to discuss here for just a couple minutes, it would be this. That ain't your dough. While an abundance of opportunities can seem like a good thing, the stress can come when you're trying to decide the right one for you. You may be talented or competent in one area for which an opportunity presents itself, but you're not really passionate about it. Or perhaps it may not align with the vision, purpose, mission, or calling you've identified for your life. If you're like me, the allure of an opportunity and the fear of the lack of options can cause you to play around with an opportunity that doesn't align for a little bit too long. This is why it's important to continue to work on identifying your purpose. And I ain't going to lie, growing up in church, I used to be scared of that word, you know, purpose. Because I thought that purpose meant I could only do one thing. But that's not necessarily true. I could do a lot of things. But to get the fulfillment and have the impact that I would like to have, whatever I do must align with my purpose. My pastor, Tracy L. Bowles up in Athens, Georgia, made this statement some time ago. A lack of preparation invites calamity and chaos. It made me think of when I was a kid growing up in Crestview, Florida, and how we would have hurricanes every so often. And it seemed like each time we actually prepared and evacuated, the storm didn't end up being as bad as we thought. But time we let our guard down and didn't really prepare, the storm did a lot more damage and left us in a pretty dire situation. And it's the same thing in our life when dealing with opportunities. See, we can overwhelm ourselves by not having clarity on our purpose and trying to take advantage of every single opportunity that is presented to us. 
rather than taking the time to discern whether or not this opportunity is the right opportunity. So how do we do this? The first thing is to clarify purpose. What is my purpose or my mission? Now, if you don't know yet, that's okay. Many of us may only know a piece of it or not know it at all. Your quest to find it may look different from others. Some may go about it by actually trying to find out what it is, while others may go about it a little bit differently and do some trial and error and find what it is not. But whatever the process looks like for you, give yourself the space to clarify your purpose. The next thing is to prioritize peace over comfort. Become comfortable with being uncomfortable. Any progression or change that you experience in life will bring some sort of pain. The fear of pain is paralyzing. And what is paralysis? It's a lack of feeling and mobility. If I never feel pain, guess what? That means I ain't moving. Pain is inevitable. This is going to sound crazy, but I need y'all to go ahead and embrace that, okay? Embrace the old adage that says, no pain, no gain. It's played out, but it's true. Your quest for an opportunity that's going to be comfortable will eventually lead to complacency. So do me a favor. Become comfortable with being uncomfortable. Maturing in these areas will allow you to better discern the right opportunities for you. And you'll be able to confidently say that that ain't my dough to the opportunities that don't align. Today we have part one of a conversation that I had with Dr. Addison Kennedy. I had the pleasure of hearing Dr. Kennedy speak and was so intrigued by his academic, professional, and spiritual journey through seminary and starting a family and building a life in a place that was far away from his home. I'm going to let y'all know, this man right here is a preacher. And he is incredibly cerebral, self-aware, well-read, culturally astute, and someone that I truly respect in life and ministry. He's got a beautiful wife and three beautiful girls. And I am excited to introduce to you Dr. Addison Kennedy. Well, what's up, everybody? We want to welcome you again to the Broke Millennial Podcast. Of course, I am Jeffrey Lofton, otherwise known as, who is that again? And I have the incredible, the incomparable Dr. Addison Kennedy here with us today. I'm so excited for you guys to have some value added uh, in this conversation. How you doing, Doc? I'm well, man. I'm well. It's good to be with you here on this 
uh, Broke Millennial Podcast. How true of a statement that is, all in the title. I mean, I've been broke for most of my life, so uh, I, I feel at home. I feel at home. <laughs> Man, listen, and what, what we trying to do here is, look, I might be broke now, but I ain't trying to be broke forever. True uh, so. <laughs> And so I, man, listen, I appreciate you being a, being willing and able to come on and ch- uh, catching that random message from this dude who said he saw you preaching somewhere and he wow. would like to talk with you. I appreciate wow. it, man. man. So tell thank us, you so much. what you, yeah, man. So tell me what you got going on. What's going on? Man, I got a lot. I got a lot going on. Life, my my family, we are preparing to send our children back to school. We, I have three beautiful girls, um, six, four, and one. And so mm-hmm. we, uh, you know, we've been uh, in our home for over a year, yeah. uh, nonstop, and it has been crazy. A whole lot of transition has taking place in our life with our family, but like everyone else, you know, 2020 and uh, up until this point, 2021 has not been easy. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know uh, for me and myself and my family and what God has called us to greater is ahead. And, um, you know, we know uh, that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and that are called according to his purpose. And so I've been holding on to the reality that his word has to be fulfilled. That word, that Romans 8 and 28, um, even when it feels like it hasn't, uh, things haven't worked out for our good, um, we know that all things will work out for our good. So I just have to hold on to the reality that uh, his word has to be fulfilled in our lives. Um, And if it's not fulfilled, that means God is a liar. And we know that's not to be true. And so when when we realize that, man, you know, that's the only thing that we've kind of really been holding on me and my family, uh, from me, my wife, to our children. And uh, so we got a lot of stuff going on, man. A lot of stuff in the works. We're really uh, excited about what's going to be happening here uh, fairly shortly, but I can't give too much and everything like that. But we're really excited about what's happening. Oh, I was ready to break some news. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. Maybe I I was ready. I was like, on the Broke Millennial Podcast? (laughs) Right, right, right. Yeah, man. Next time when when uh, when I'll I'll tell you when I'm ready to release it. I'll give you a call back and say, "Hey, man, I'm ready to say something." And okay, sure we, we do it up right next time. <laughs> yeah, man. Awesome. So, all right. So, for those who don't know you, tell us kind of what you do um professionally. Um, what do you, you know? So, I know you. I know you. Uh, from when you came to Timothy uh, up there in Athens, and you know. Uh, it was you. It was it was you Sunday, but you still told church up, and you know wow. we <laughs> we still wow. we still remember we still talk about when wow. Addison Kennedy came up there and preached on Fifth Sunday. <laughs> man, that is wild, man. Thank you so much for that. That really does my heart good. I really appreciate that. And I love Timothy uh, Baptist Church, and I love your pastor. He is such yes, an amazing man of God. I really thank God for him. But um. Yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm originally from Kansas, uh, born and raised. I moved to Atlanta, Georgia 
um, after I graduated from undergrad. So about a year after I graduated from undergrad, I, I uh, found a job and I was like, you know what, this can't be uh, it for me. I, I have to figure out what's next for me. And so I moved to Atlanta to go to seminary. Um, even though I had been offered an opportunity to go to seminary in Kansas for free, mm-hmm. I just knew, um, you know, even though um, I'm not supposed to, uh, I, I, even though I got a free opportunity, I wasn't supposed to be, uh, you know, living out the rest of my days in Kansas. But there's nothing wrong with Kansas. I love Kansas. I, I, I enjoy the people. Yeah. Um, my family still lives there. But I just knew uh, that there was another opportunity for me uh, to move to Atlanta. So I went to um, an HBCU, uh, ITC, uh, the Interdenominational Theological Center, and I went to uh, Morehouse School of Religion. And that's where I really uh, learned how to uh, navigate ministry and preaching. Mm-hmm. And it really helped me develop in who, into who I was uh, supposed to be. And in preaching, I, when I went there, I thought I kind of had it all together. I had a good working, but it really deconstructed a lot of embedded theology. It really um, deconstructed what I thought I was. And uh, it was a reality check. You know, I went from going, you know, being the only black guy in class uh, to being one of many. And, uh, you know, I was usually always the token black guy yeah, uh, going up in Kansas in, in predominantly white schools. Yeah. And I realized that, man, I, I knew, you know, anytime they would ask a question about blackness or race or anything uh, remotely close to that, they would always, all the heads would turn to me in school from elementary school all the way up to college. And I was like, man, this can't be it. And I moved to Atlanta and I went into a Bank of America and I saw everybody from the the bank manager to the teller, everybody to the security guard, everybody was black. And I was like, this is where I'm supposed to be. I mean, I was sold. I mean, you know, and I said, this is where I want to be. And uh, from there, I just started my life um, all over again. And, um, you know, my, my, uh, you know, I was engaged uh, when I moved here and then I got married a year later. My wife moved down here. We started our life together. And, uh, you know, what was so interesting about moving here before I moved here, I was also a part of a singing group. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the singing group, they, uh, you know, they were a little upset with me when I wanted to move to Atlanta because we were right on the cusp of starting a record label and signing a contract, wow. and, you know, you know, hopefully being a, a big, big success and everything. But um, I kind of ruined that particular plan, even though that group uh, still was going on to do amazing things. Mm -hmm. I remember one of the people in the group said to me, you know, Addison, there's tons of Addisons in Atlanta, Mm -hmm. Uh, tons of Addisons in Atlanta. And, you know, you can go there and then just be one of the number or you you can stay here and really make a difference. And um, when she said that, I said, okay, well, that tells me that I need to move to Atlanta, Georgia. Mm. Um, and I left. I, that It was that conversation where I made the decision that I'm no longer going to be going to be in the group. I'm not going to stay in Kansas. I'm going to move to Atlanta, Georgia, wow. because I realized uh, that even when uh, somebody may say that there's tons of people just like you that do the things that you do, mm. sing, preach, all the above, so on and so forth, um, that just makes it seem like 
everybody else has the caliber of mm. character that you had. Mm. Um, you know, they're the caliber of person that you are. And um, that says that there's nothing unique about you. And I just felt like um, that there was still God, God had placed something unique in me. Yeah. Um, that God placed something that was, um, you know, uh, that was different from everyone else. Yeah. And so I just believed that even when nobody else did, and when I moved here, didn't know anybody. Um, but I thank God for the connections I've made. I thank God for the people I've met, uh, the amazing people I met. I've met lifelong friends here in Atlanta, Georgia, and that is no exaggeration, no hyperbole. Yeah. Um, I met people that have truly changed my life and I will love them for the rest of my days. And I met them here in Atlanta, Georgia. And so, yeah, that's, that's kind of where, uh, I've started. So, okay. I got a <laughs> lot I want to get into there, uh, because, awesome. you know, you know, I've heard similar stories about there being a convenient opportunity and then the opportunity that maybe was less convenient initially, but was really kind of more in line with your destiny. Right. What really was the impetus that said, I have to tell this immediate convenient opportunity, no. And how did you, yeah, how did you make that decision? So, you know, I just, I just knew when you have that feeling or when you have that inkling, that, that, that feeling in your stomach that says, but there's better than this. Like there, there's, yeah. I, I'm more than this. this, this one opportunity that's been given. Um, I heard a friend of mine, uh, uh, Reginald Sharp say on a, on a, um, uh, I think he was on a, some type of uh, live on Facebook. He says, just because it's an open door doesn't mean you're supposed to go through it. Mm. There's a lot of open doors that that will come our way. That's just, just because you have an open door doesn't mean that that's the door for you. Um, you know, I, and, and that's really, when he said that, it really resonated with me because you know, for many of us, we, if you're any, if you're gifted mm -hmm. in one way or the other, administratively, you're gifted in writing, you're gifted in singing, mm -hmm. dancing, there's going to be tons of open doors, but every single time you get an open door doesn't mean that that's the right door for you. Mm. Um, you know, I, you know, people have said, Hey man, you know, I remember when I first moved to Atlanta, I don't know why we went to this place called the juke joint. <laughs> and um i love this i love this place live music great food you know and uh, I, hopefully the older saints don't get mad at me for sweet george uh, talking about the juju <laughs> right the sweet georgia juke joint and uh, i remember i went there the first few times we went there um and we would always see this one lady you know and she was singing she, eventually she began to recognize me and she would do a mic toss Mm. One one particular day, it got tossed to me, and I sung a little bit and everything. I can't even remember the song I sung. And uh, afterwards, the band came up to me and was like, "Hey, man, listen, we want to start uh, like a little group 
We want you to be the lead singer. We will do juke joints, you know, once a week, you'll get paid, all that type of stuff. I never called them back because just because it's an open door doesn't mean it's the right door for me. Um, You know, I I had to, I had to learn that it was expedient. I was, you know, I was just in seminary, really wasn't making much money. Mm -hmm. You know, I was newly married, all, you know, that money definitely would have helped, but I just knew um, that wasn't the only thing I was supposed to be doing with my life. I, I realized that there was more mm-hmm. to me than just singing on a stage, learning songs, so on and so forth. And when you understand who you are, and even when you don't have it all figured out, you just know that there's something else for me out there. Mm-hmm. And when that opportunity comes, I may not have it all figured out. I don't know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing, so on and so forth. I just know what's it and what's not yeah and when you know what's it and what's not even when you don't know all of what you're supposed to be doing Mm -hmm. god will will direct your path and and keep you on the right direction because i feel like god will will let you know in one way or the other if something's gold or fool's gold um but but the reality is the reality is even though you know, you may not take every opportunity. You understand what's unique about yourself. Also understand there's there's a two there's two sides to this coin. Also understand that you're not the exception, right? Mm-hmm. You're not the exception. Even though you're unique, you're gifted, you have all these great things going for you, you still have to understand that bad things can still happen to you even when you choose the right door, yeah. right? Even when you choose the right door, just understand bad things can still happen and trouble can still come your way. I, I was um, uh, talking to someone and they said to me, um, when we make ourselves the exception, that's the day. The day that you make yourself the exception is the day that you create your own suffering. Mm. that's the reality because when you make yourself the exception everything can happen to everybody else except me because I'm me I'm gifted I'm this I'm that you're creating your own suffering because life doesn't respect how gifted you are Mm -mm. (laughs) life doesn't say oh they're gifted they're talented they're smart they're intelligent they got all these good things they came from a good family they came from this that or the other so we're not going to mess with them. Life doesn't care. Life no, is going to tell you, oh. life is going to hit you upside the head, regardless of how mm. gifted you are. And as soon mm. as you make yourself the exception, that's when you make yourself um, uh, create your own suffering. And so if you understand that, you then will understand you can make an account for suffering. You can make an account Ooh. for bad days you can say while you're planning your future while you're planning what it is that you're going to do you can say okay i know while i'm planning my life there's going to be dilemmas and delays Mm. i know there's going to be hurts and and pains i know there's going to be so let me work them into the plan i'm creating for my life so that when i have these good days and i have these bad days you can say like the songwriter says i won't complain because i've already worked them into what god was planning Mm. for me to do i already knew some bad days was going to come in my life i already knew people was going to talk about me and lie on me and and try to 
assassinate my character. I knew that was going to happen before it happened. Mm -hmm. So now I can still wear a smile on my face when those bad days come because I knew they were coming before they came. Right. Wow. Yeah. What you just something that just resonated with what you said. I, I, I immediately thought of like you build up cash reserves if you're in business, mm. you build up cash reserves, you build up or even just personally, you build up an emergency fund. And I'm thinking, yes. you got to build up an emergency fund of joy. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, man, that's so good. That's so good. Man, I I, uh, I was reading, don't make fun of me, I, with my children in the middle of the pandemic. Uh-huh. Um, Michelle, Michelle Obama was doing this children's book series where she would get on YouTube once a week and read a children's book to children. I thought this was, this was amazing. I was like, we're going to watch this every time it comes on mm-hmm. because I had three small children and this will give us an opportunity to have a break from them screaming daddy every moment of every day. So let's just watch this one particular day. They, um, uh, B- Michelle and Barack Obama was on this particular call and uh, not this call but this YouTube um, uh, channel and they read a book called The Word Collector now I'm not going to be long I just want to you know share like the gist of the book it was called The Word Collector so basically it was a book by the uh, I can't remember, I think his name is like Peter H. Reynolds yes Peter right. H. Reynolds um, he wrote this book and it was a book about a young black boy called his name was Jerome he loved books and he loved words basically he loved words and he would collect these words writing these words down placing them in a folder of his and one particular day after him collecting all of these different words they got so um, his collection of words got so large and so robust that he wasn't able to carry them. While he was on his way walking home, he was walking up this hill, and while he was carrying all these words, he slipped and fell. And all, mm. all, you, all you see when he slipped and fell, all you see was these words flying all up in the, up, up in the air. And um, when, he, when, he, um, when he fell, he saw all the words But what I noticed was when he saw all the words on the ground, he didn't look around to see if anybody saw if he failed. He didn't try to dust himself off uh, when he he fell. What he did was he reached for the words that he had been collecting over all of this time, right? So when he was at his lowest point, the Mm -hmm. first thing he did was reach for the word. And that's what many of us need to understand when we are going through life's ups and downs that we can account for. We can say, I know I'm going through this word. We need to be word collectors so that when we fall, we can reach for the word and have something to encourage us to keep on going, to realize that trouble won't last always, to realize that that there are going to be good days, there's going to be bad days, to realize Uh that, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because thou art with me. To to reach for the word that says um, that greater is he that's in me, that's than he that's in the world, that and, and that you're more than a conqueror. You have to reach for those words to encourage you, not just for when you're high and mighty, you're on top of the world, but Mm -hmm. when you're low to the ground, when it seems like everybody is against you, when it seems like nobody is concerned about who you are and and how you are and how you're doing, Mm -hmm. that's what you have to do. You have to reach for the word. that's, That's what's helped me.
Y'all, that's just part one of this conversation, okay? Now, I don't really know if y'all read for part two. That's why I had to split it in parts because I want y'all to go to work. <laughs> I need y'all to go to work. Y'all got jobs. We got jobs. We got to go to work. But y'all doing okay? Y'all all right? How y'all feeling? You good? You good? Go on. Go on. Get up. It's all right. You probably heard me in the back with my uh, little comments, my oohs and my eyes. I apologize, but, you know, as a, as my mama would say, that's my soul rejoicing. Well, it's the clarity that comes with saying I, I need to move across the country to further my education or to say to an opportunity or say no to an opportunity that really could have been useful and maybe even a little even lucrative. I hope that this conversation has enlightened you on how to discern and pursue opportunities that align with your purpose in life. Whether spiritually or in your work life, you need clarity. Okay? That's why this is useful for anyone. You need clarity in all aspects of your life. You need to know when to say no and what to say no to. And when you find clarity and begin to pursue purpose, you start to lose that stank attitude you be going to work with. Yeah, huh? Yeah, you ain't think I picked up on it. I did. You start to lose that attitude when you find clarity and begin to pursue purpose. So get on up. Go on, get ready for work now. This is about to be the best day of your life. Clean your room. Make up that bed, please. Pack your lunch. And have a great day. Why are you having a great day? Let some of that joy you got run on over to somebody else. Try making someone else's day. You'll be surprised by making someone else's day. You'll make your day too. And remember, if ain't nobody told you, I see you. I see you. I'm so proud of you. I'm rooting for you. And you're doing just fine. If this podcast provided value to you in any way, can y'all please do me a favor? Y'all did pretty good about this last week, but uh, do me a favor now. Share, 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 share. I'm trying to put as many people on to this free game as possible. Y'all, y'all, hear me what I say now. This free game. We try and put y'all on. Y'all can also follow the Broke Millennial Podcast on Twitter. And Instagram, that's at Broke Mill Pod, B R O K E M I L P O D. You can also follow me on Instagram at G W L or Twitter at just underscore Jeffrey. And at G W L for Instagram is G D U B Y A E L L. And Twitter, just underscore Jeffrey, G E O F F R E Y. And let me know what y'all thought about this episode. Food for thought. At your lowest point, what are you reaching for? Anyway, let me leave y'all alone. Y'all be good. Breathe. Smile. Y'all be great. We'll talk next week.